0: everybody hey everybody welcome to the Akiyama Brothers song to screen, to screen podcast. podcast hey where we talk about the music in film and theater that's true. how the score helps tell the story and other matters related to film scoring hosted by me your faithful Landon Akiyama and my brother Mark hi I'm Mark first of all we want to thank everybody just everybody who gave us you know feedback on the first episode who even listened to the first episode. Um, your feedback really helps us make this podcast what it is now after only two episodes.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're getting, um, we're getting pretty, we, pretty big, huh? Two episodes.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we really appreciate everybody that listened to it. Um, yeah, we I think do. it really helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, thank you to, especially you know,
1: to those people who gave us a rating on iTunes and everything.
0: Oh yes. Cause that actually really helps. Yeah. According to iTunes, it helps boost our exposure
1: mm-hmm
0: yeah but you know if you don't listen to us on itunes we're also on the google play store um stitcher Podbean, overcast i think oh yeah overcast and a few other third-party ones um but if you want us to submit our podcast to any anyone that we don't have on yet just let us know oh yeah send us a message yeah yeah so mark what are we talking about today
1: now can i say it i guess so yeah we're talking about the greatest showman <laughs> Hey. <laughs> the new it's the new well, it's not new anymore it's been out since like the end of december but it's the uh hugh jackman musical about pt barnum and how he started the circus and everything that went into starting the circus and his whole rags to riches type of story it's very holly hollywood hollywoodified yeah i don't know how you say it. I mean, that's a good enough term ho- i guess ho- hollywood eyes holified, holified.
0: hollywood eyes i like that it's a very uh, Hollywoodized version of his story.
1: Yeah. Anyway, it's directed by mm-hmm. Michael Gracie. Uh, he's an Australian director. This was his first feature film, actually. He usually does his commercials um, in Australia.
0: He's working with another Aussie, Hugh Jackman. Weirdo. Sorry, I won't do my accents. Do I won't do my accents, ever accents on here. <laughs>
1: anyway, so yeah, it stars, uh, let's see, Hugh Jackman, Zendaya, Zac Efron, Michelle Williams...
0: And um, settle, miss settle.
1: Oh yeah, Kayla settle. What's her? N-
0: Kayla settle. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. that's
1: right. She has the really the uh, Oscar-nominated song.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll oh, talk Oscar's... about that later.
1: Anyway, but um, she's awesome. Yes, we will. Yeah, we'll talk about all the other stories we heard too. Um, let me see what else. So who,
0: are, who are the main songwriters? And this this is a really show show esque songwriter centered songs. So yeah, so it has the score,
1: the or we'll talk about the songs. The sc- songs were written by. Uh, Broadway, musical theater writers, Justin Paul, and Benj Pasek,
0: otherwise known yeah, most as Pasek and Paul. Exactly. And the uh, the composers are John Debney and Joseph Chapanese. So, John Debney. He's done he's a lot mostly of mostly known
1: for... Yeah, a lot of Disney stuff. Yeah.
0: But I think recently Jungle he's Book. done Favreau's, John Favreau's, yeah, Jungle Book, mm-hmm. and Iron Man 2, and also way back when, he did Elf.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
0: And then, and we know Joseph Trapanese from Oblivion. He did Oblivion
1: and Tron. He worked on Tron also. The uh, oh yeah, the yeah, Tron version of it.
0: Yeah.
1: Mhm. So he did. Yeah, that. those are
0: pretty cool movies. Yeah, I like that.
1: Anyway, back to Pesek and Paul. I guess they uh we, they've done a bunch of shows. They've written besides La La Land, which everybody knows them for. Which this, which this, interestingly enough, was started before they signed on to La La Land. So Greatest Showman was their first uh, film project that they started to work on like seven years ago. Or yeah, seven been, years in the making. I don't know I actually know when they started it, but
0: I think it's no, it's seven years um, Seven Years in the Making I is what they said. Michael Gracie Michael Gracie started it seven years ago and then Pasek or sorry, Pesek and Paul, they started it um, I think a few years after Gracie. Or they they jumped on a few years after right, Gracie. Yeah, how, started did they, how did they how
1: did how did they get onto the project?
0: It's actually like a, it's a funny, funny story because they, Basic and Paul, they were at a general meeting for Fox, Fox Studios, mm-hmm. and one of their colleagues said, hey, Basic and Paul, we, um, I have a guy down the hallway who's, he's working on a musical, you should check him out. And so, long story short, they were staying at a friend's place, which, in the Hollywood Hills, which is like a giant mansion um, topped with bells and whistles, and all Cinderella esque things. Oh, yeah, that's right. So Michael Gracie, he's walking up to this giant Hollywood Hills house, multi million dollar house, and he's like, Who are these guys? Yeah, I've never, have heard, I never of heard of Pace these guys. And Paul before. <laughs> yeah. And then, so, you know, to Pace again, Paul's credit, they kind of just brush it off and they don't tell him that it's not their house. Yeah. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. a funny, kind of funny story. They were channeling a bit of Barnum then.
1: And did they? I don't know if they played him a song there, or I forget how it went. But I remember one of the earliest songs that they uh, pitched to him was "A Million Dreams," and that was one of the ones that they used to in the meeting with Fox to greenlight the whole thing.
0: Also, a little bit more back of a backstory: Fox wanted before they decided to greenlight this movie. One of the requirements was, okay, we gotta find the biggest names who write songs like alan mankin um these big giant names that everybody knows they have to write the songs For it's good. gotta be great yeah it's i don't know be who they were looking at yeah because they wanted it to feel like it would exist on the radio you know you could tune in to ch- channel 93.5 and hear you know something from the greatest showman because it, it was supposed yeah. to be appealing they wanted like a mix of all contemporary ages. stuff yeah, so not exactly a period music piece from the 1850s. Okay, yeah. so before they started Greatest Showman, they did a few other things. Um they were they did an episode of Smash, uh f- an episode of The Flash, the
1: the, the musical uh, episode. musical
0: Flash. Yeah, the musical episode. I think it's season 3, episode 17. I saw um, them at a um, screening so for that, for they that also... one.
1: They had Oh, a, you did? They had a screening for that one. And I saw them. They they did a talk after it, yeah. They wrote like the last song that's in it, cool. the one that Barry sings to Iris.
0: To Iris West, yeah, yeah, running home to you.
1: Yeah, that was the name. If anybody watches the show, <laughs> I'm sure which you'll. I do. So. You'll <laughs> re- I I, kinda, <laughs> I haven't been watching it recently, but yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, um, they also did Dear Evan Hansen, uh, which is now on Broadway.
1: Yeah, that's their current show. And then before that, they did mm-hmm. um, a, Christmas a Christmas story. story. Mm-hmm. And that um, was on, on. And also, right.
0: Jam- oh yeah, they did like uh, no what they didn't do. James and the Giant Peach. I have here in my notes that they did James and the Giant Peach. Um, yeah, and we saw that we saw that on IMDb. They isn't that fake though. What? Because that's a that's one of Hugh Jackman's stories. Um, when Michael Gracie was pitching this idea to Fox. He told them that they found the best songwriters who just won a Tony for James and the Giant Peach. No, that's true. On Bro-
1: That's true. Yeah, they they wrote the songs for the musical version of James and the Giant Peach, Landon.
0: I thought Hugh Jackman was joking.
1: No. <laughs> okay. Get your story straight.
0: But anyway, they're also slated to do, um, what is it, Aladdin.
1: Oh, yeah, they're working on Aladdin coming up, the Disney's live action version. So they're working mm-hmm. with Alan Menken on that one. And then the next one after that, I think, is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. They're supposed to be doing, yeah, so. to be doing stuff on that, writing, I guess, some new songs for all those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun to see how those turn out. I'm
0: lo- I'm looking forward to those. Yeah. Kind of like the Jungle Book. I did like... I like the Jungle Book a lot. Yeah. John mm-hmm. Favreau's. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's doing Lion King right now. Anyway... Um let's see back to The Greatest Showman. Yeah. What was I don't know we want to talk about their approach to writing the songs. Cuz Michael Grace he did he had like a specific uh yeah. style for the movie that he wanted it to be. Yeah, he did. He didn't want it to be a, like a period piece really. <laughs> with the, or the music to sound like 1850s music at all so yeah he did
0: what is it what is it that he said he said he there's like a quote that he said um something about barnum
1: oh this is this is oh. the movie that pt barnum would have made about himself
0: <laughs> oh yeah is that what you're talking about <laughs> uh-huh yeah yeah <laughs> i think that's so, so that's so funny
1: I guess meaning very theatrical and stylized and sort of fictionalized a little bit in some areas. But But like a spectacle. I mean, he was... A big spectacle. Like That's what Barnum was known for. Uh
0: He was known for that back then. He was like a, a great advertiser of his time. Yeah.
1: So they needed something. Michael Gracie wanted the songs to have like a pop modern kind of element to it also yeah so that was one of the things um Pasek and Paul when they were writing the songs they said they were always trying to find the like the line in between musical theater musical theater style songwriting like strict rhymes and following a rhyme scheme and and using perfect rhymes and everything yeah and then Mm -hmm. they wanted to find the line between that and like today's pop influences
0: yeah, so that's why in most of the lyrics you have these imperfect li- lines. Um, I think they're called half rhymes or slant rhymes. Slant rhymes, yeah. Or even, imp- yeah. Yeah. So they don't sound too perfect, like a musical theater song. Um, so they were actively aware of of how they were constructing these lines, which I, that was one of the things that I noticed first off. Um, yeah, I was kind of like, hey, this this doesn't sound like a musical at all. Yeah. These are these are super poppy. And produced songs.
1: Yeah. Well they throw you into that right away because in the movie they started with like the old classic uh twentieth century Fox logo, and then they had the original music playing for it, and then it cuts or it jumps right to like a modern looking twentieth century Fox thing, and then the the first song, The Greatest Show, comes in saying yeah. like man,
0: <sighs> Jump right. Jump. And I remember <laughs> seeing that in the arc light.
1: Yeah, well, they said uh, Imagine Dragons was one of their inspirations for how to get, like, a contemporary uh, percussive marching kind of chorus kind of sounding song to infuse that kind of style into the, the their songs for this. And you can really tell on especially, like, This Is Me, that song, and then the last one uh, from now on, I think, though you kind of get the whole um imagine yeah. dragons kind of style and feel especially when the the whole cast is like stomping their feet and everything at the end anyway we'll talk about that later but yeah
0: yeah so they mostly tried calibrating the songs to fit a contemporary style of the film and you know and but still capture a theater element um like yeah. this is me which is the the most nominated song from this movie it kind of they describe it as like it straddles the world between pop and theater so it's made for a powerful pop singer but it builds like an orchestra um like an orchestral theater song yeah
1: and yeah. then they use a lot of like echo and and uh audio effects and stuff also
0: yeah and, to produce and the songs uh-huh. yeah
1: and the way they produce them
0: yeah okay yeah but i guess hmm, before we get into the uh start talking about the music we should probably just tell you guys that we might be spoiling something for you.
1: Oh, yeah. We're, so, if you haven't seen if it. If you
0: haven't seen it yet, which I don't know why you haven't. Maybe go watch it Because it's been first. out for a long time.
1: Or at least listen <laughs> or, you to the songs first. Care about, yeah.
0: Yeah, if you don't care about spoilers, listen to how we understood them and how we took them. And then you can go and see it and, and figure out it out for yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I saw it again this weekend or this past week
0: yeah i'm kind of jealous you did because i only saw it a few times oh i I read there at least once more
1: yeah side note i read they're gonna release it in imax theaters starting today again yeah Yeah, i don't it wasn't playing in imax theaters before i don't think so now it's now they're releasing it in imax theaters i guess you guys
0: you still have time before the oscars
1: and everything so
0: you still have time to go see it yeah, run to the theater.
1: Tell them the Akiyama brothers sent you.
0: <laughs> you won't get free tickets or free popcorn or a discount. Just let them know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it counts for nothing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but we'll but thank you, you for. You can come back it. and we'll sign your we'll sign your ticket and and give you a big thanks on the air.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Anyway, yeah. So.
0: So, how do you want to do this, Mark? Do you want to start talking about the theme and then talk about the songs? Let's see. I wanted to start talking about kind of a little bit about the theme, yeah. so that I might be able to. We might be able to shape. Um, talk about how, how that each theme. song
1: kind of plays into that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, like, one of the themes that I thought this film was all about was. Um, I heard this from one of my friends. He was like, "The world, the world's your playground. So it becomes what you make of it." And oh, that's
1: very this, this Barnum-esque th- of you.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I think I think Bar- the whole throughout the whole movie, Barnum's trying to tell you, you're only bound by your imagination. Yeah. So don't limit yourself.
1: Yeah, and they kind of started with that right off the bat too. With um, when he's uh, we're already st- starting to talk about a song, I guess when he's making the that- uh, the wish what the heck was it called wish granter, wishing well uh, wishing, wishing wish catcher i don't know if you've seen the movie it's the thing where he puts a little the metal hood over a candle and then he spins it for his kids for one of their kids birthdays and he says yeah his daughter it like keeps your wishes uh even if you forget them until they come true and so yeah
0: and he's telling he's telling his daughter this awesome story like "These are plans from nantucket Deep from the bottoms of a ship from Nantucket, and they only briefly crossed my desk, and I was able to commit them to memory before they were scuttled <laughs> off.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was one of the parts where they really showed like the yeah the magic that Barnum was always trying to um, bring to people.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that that song was it's that that scene kind of takes place between. A Million Dreams, and then A Million Dreams, the reprise. Yeah, but let's back up. Let's talk about the the greatest show song.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, what about that one? Ba, ba,
0: ba, da, da. Yeah, that
1: was a big opening. I was yeah. glad they started with that. That was kind of neat. They started with the opening it's like, where he's already successful and the circus is already a big hit and everything. And mm-hmm. At the point where they have the animals and everything and so it's uh Yeah, and
0: at the end this they they kinda of bring it full circle and they bring you right back to that scene. That and it's, so it acts as kind of a big opener and the big closer. Yeah. Much like a much like a, a musical would There's a little, on Broadway. Little bookends. <laughs> <laughs> you got little bookends right there for your musical, eh? Oh, I said I wasn't gonna do the accent. Yeah, stop that. Okay. Anyway, the <laughs>
1: Yeah, so the beginning of that was really cool because it has big hits, and then in between the hits, uh, Barnum, yeah, Barnum
0: singing his lines.
1: Yeah, and he's doing like some hat tricks and um, just some like, hat really tricks. cool silhouette poses and everything. Yeah, it was those a fun song. It was a good the opening. The coolest yeah.
0: silhouette poses I've seen. Yeah, yeah, I like it when he when he flips his coat, like all the moves that he did. During that choreography sequence, they were so sharp. Yeah. I don't know if they were sped up, but they just looked like da da da. Yeah. It was cool. It was really cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well that song too, right out they used that one right off the bat to uh as to throw you into the contemporary like pop sounding style that they were writing in also. So, oh yeah. Yeah, that was a good way to get you into that the movies or the music style. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so right after that, right after that song, Barnum he kind of goes uh, goes back and starts to think about his childhood or something, and that's yeah. when we cut to him as a child with his dad, the tailor, like the town tailor. Um, yeah, and he sees this girl. Uh, I, I'm guessing they're friends. Yeah, it seems point. like they've met they...
1: before, or that his dad, I guess, yeah. has worked with her dad before, making him suits mm-hmm. and stuff.
0: So they they've seen each other, and he kind of he's he has this playful attitude, and she's being taught how to act properly. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. She makes him, or he makes her laugh, like with a a little yeah. teacup magic trick kind of thing. Another example oh, yeah, of yeah, his the... his magic ingenuity and his. His uh, kind of playful, comic, uh, yeah. personality. Yeah, uh huh. That mm-hmm. was really fun.
0: Yeah, that was a nice aspect to the character. I wish they had a little bit more of that throughout the movie.
1: Yeah, that kind of. Because we stopped. we only see it those
0: two times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we only see that in a million dreams, and then him as a child. That's because. But I guess that's part.
1: Life wore him down so much he he lost his sense of magic until the very end. <laughs> <laughs> that's my theme it's
0: part of his story arc <laughs>
1: that's my theme life tries to steal the magic from you
0: you can't let it you can't let it okay so we already talked about what the greatest show the first song and then a little bit about a million dreams um but yeah. i remember mark whispering in my ear during the theater yeah
1: the first time we during watched this movie and when a million yeah. dreams started yeah. playing i like leaned over and i was like landon this song really feels like a music video right now. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I like it. It did, it did, yeah. No, it
0: did. I think not, not just like the way it sounded, but also the way it looked.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, and it was, they had to do like a montage thing to show PT Barnum and Charity, the girl, growing up, and how they they were kind of separated as kids, and then eventually he found her again, and then they. Started a life together, so that that whole all yeah. that stuff has to take place in this this song. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Oh, and if we didn't mention before, Hugh Jackman plays PT Barnum, and Michelle Williams plays Charity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just so you guys know, what would be your IMDb for the night?
1: Sorry, I don't remember the kids' names. <laughs> the kids who played <laughs> PT Barnum, young PT Barnum, yep. and young Charity.
0: That's okay. Oops. <clears throat>
1: They just ran um, through a house, though, with some vines.
0: <laughs> yeah, and right on the beat of the music.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why it felt like a music video, and the way yeah, I, know. I was like, we're in a music video right now. I agree.
0: Now. Yeah, so I guess yeah, for that part, we kind of we were still trying to decide whether we should suspend our disbelief and invest in this movie, or you know, we we're kind of caught between two worlds, reality and the reality that the movie was trying to set up for us.
1: Yeah, cuz that was the way they the way the music was was really pop heavy with like mm-hmm. big um big thunderous downbeats uh in the drums and stuff yeah. and a lot of like echoey twinkly stuff and mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I think it was good because um, that that song was pretty good because right away, Pasek and Paul they they kind of start defining um, the characters by by the sound, mm-hmm. by kind of you know the instruments that are being played underneath these lyrics that Michelle Williams, There's a lot of is, piano in that and one, Jackman are singing. Yeah, yeah, but one of the things that I noticed was. Um, like there's a part where Charity starts singing in that song, and her the the instruments that um, what is it the instruments that accompany her yeah. are all piano and strings. And then when when Barnum starts singing, it's mm. more it becomes more processed and a little bit more of a more echo and delay, and more of a more of a pop feel. Mm. I mean, so they so I don't know if I noticed that. So I guess it.
1: I gotta trust you on
0: that. <laughs> okay <laughs> you guys yeah you totally feel free to disagree with me i could be totally off but that's just how i that's just how i understood it we've only seen it like four times you've only seen it four i've only seen it three times so
1: yeah well the last time i was taking notes for this thing so <laughs> i might have missed some <laughs> stuff
0: <laughs> you didn't bring your computer and take notes like i told you to did you
1: no there were other people in the theater anyway so i couldn't do that Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> that would have been funny.
1: Yeah. Next time.
0: Okay. I'll sneak well, into anyway, the projector room. I don't know if we should be talking about us sneaking into places on the podcast.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> probably not. Hey, that oh, well. that
1: that song though had uh, that was a long song because in the middle of it it cut to the score. John Debney did a score. Section in that song where you—that's s- the
0: scene that we were talking about before. Yeah, where Barnum's making making the contraption. No, the uh-uh, you're wrong.
1: That happens oh, after. I am? Yeah, stop saying that. Oh, okay, this okay, is where sorry. he he joins the railroad, and then eventually he comes back to oh, find yeah. Charity.
0: You're
1: <clears throat> walking up to her house. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. See, so I should have d- seen it another time. So
1: they do uh, the John Debney does the score for that part, and then. Hugh Jackman starts singing again at the chorus. uh, Mm -hmm.
0: um,
1: What is it? Because every night I lie in bed. Every
0: night I lie in bed, the brightest colors fill my head. Yeah. A million dreams are keeping me awake. Yeah, Yeah, so that
1: automatically sets up like that he's always thinking of ideas in his head of what he wants to do. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it fits into the theme. Yeah. You know, you're only bound by your imagination.
1: Yeah, he basically lived in his head when he was a kid, pretty much, and was imagining. I all mean, these things. Still kinda, he
0: still kind of he still kind of lived in his head. Oh, that's another thing. They kind of they started foreshadowing um, the circus during that Million Dreams song. Oh, you mean when, when they're running when through the, the kids... dark
1: house with all the vines on the walls and everything <laughs> during the music video? Yeah, because when Char-
0: when Char- when, Char- when Charity and Barnum when they break in, I think. Um, kid barnum he turns on a light or a lantern or something yeah. and in one of the shadows you see the make out of a lion
1: yeah a lion i think an elephant too oh and oh, then yeah, and an then you see too. you see like ballet dancers on the ceiling too when he shines the light right, uh-huh. on the chandelier this fun little Which magic stuff like that that was cool
0: yeah those were super cool effects. i mean it
1: wasn't really hidden like it was pretty obvious. That no, you were trying to make sure you saw it. But <laughs> it's
0: not like one of those Easter egg things, but <laughs> it's not a hidden Mickey or anything. <laughs> but it's it was like it was like a little detail that you know kind of made me giddy inside.
1: Yeah, I, I like yeah. that. That stuff was fun. It I, added to the added it. to the magic of of the musical. Like you're definitely watching a musical.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they don't and shy away is, you from know, that. You either. can't. Yeah, you definitely couldn't do those things if you started. This show on Broadway, it would be, or you could, but it would be much harder. Much harder. We'll
1: just put some silhouettes of some dancers on some flashlights and shine them around the, around the stage. Okay.
0: All right. Okay. Problem solved. Okay. <laughs> <That's> what,
1: <laughs> Easy. Done. Deal.
0: Piece of cake. All right. We should just do that now. We're ending the podcast and going on Broadway with this.
1: Where were we going with this?
0: Oh, um, I wanted to I was talk about, start talking about.
1: Wait, wait, wait. I, I meant like to get to the part where when Hugh Jackman and Michelle Williams are dancing on the rooftops and in the the steam of the subway kind of thing, when they start singing, that was a really cool part. Uh And they're singing harmonies together, and then the choreography was really good, like really sharp choreography and energetic. And she almost runs off the roof at one point, and then he, like, catches her. And uh, they just had some really cool, like, visual stuff to go with the song also, and that was... Yeah.
0: yeah it was it was romantic okay <laughs> <laughs> anyway should we go on we should, we should maybe move on to uh, the next song
1: yeah what's the next one
0: come alive come alive come right your let oh, it yeah. Shine. oh yeah
1: this was cool Reach how they started up. this one with, like, mm-hmm. them nailing the posters up on the... Car, uh, yeah, like this is the already, like... ...museum.
0: Yeah, when Hugh Jackman... Sorry, when Barnum has the idea for... Um, They're one in the same. The museum. If we
1: use them interchangeably, you get the idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, okay, you're right. But I'm just trying to differentiate between the character and the actor. Hugh Jackman okay, is Barnum, about Okay. Thinking- Okay. All right. I'll he think is the greatest showman. <laughs> yeah, but where were we going with this? They
1: stay on topic. Stay know, on topic.
0: I was going to talk about the transition, how they got from the scene into the song, right? Yeah. So they use they use the daughters and and Barnum nailing up the posters, kind of in a rhythmic. Feel, yeah, it was kind of theme.
1: like a little jazz shuffle thing, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you can hear that on the microphone, then, but yeah,
0: hopefully. But then Barnum walks out of his building and he looks across the street and stares and he just kind of starts singing. Oh, yeah, he looks, alive. he
1: looks back at the posters that start to fall on the building that they, they raised the posters <laughs> up for his museum.
0: Yeah. And it plays into the theme because now he's his, uh, this thing that he cooked up in his imagination is starting to come alive.
1: Oh, look at yeah. that. <laughs> Tying it all together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that song this song takes you through a lot though they he gets together the cast of oddities like he goes out mm-hmm. and finds the bearded lady right played by K.A.L.A. Settle the, by the way
0: the dog what is it and also dog, dog boy, boy dog man
1: the Irish giant uh-huh. the tattooed guy yeah
0: um Oh and also the trapeze, the trapeze artist
1: yeah WD yeah and, which and Anne Zendaya plays one of them yeah
0: yeah Zendaya plays Anne, yeah And then so yep. they
1: take but then the song is also takes you to the first uh like the first uh circus show that they put on with the whole group and it's like oh, a, it turns yeah, into right. a big dance number yeah. So it goes from Hugh, a, uh, Hugh Jackman singing this like quiet sort of uh, intimate verse to try to uh, like hype up the uh, hype up his cast and everything, the other oddities uh-huh. and everything to get them to come join the come join the circus. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> Okay. run away and come to the circus I don't know how many times we're going to say that and then I know um, and then it turns into the big dance number where they first they first uh, do a show for an audience and everything yeah oh yeah like a big party dance number kind of thing <clears throat> mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun that was a good one yeah that's pretty much it for that song
0: I think so. I think so. You, you covered it. You did a good job. Yeah. So, this next one that we're going to talk about is one of my favorites. It's the other side, um, and this is sung by Barnum and Philip Carlyle, aka Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron, mm-hmm. um, in the bar. And Barnum, he's, he's, he wants to take he wants to take his show to the next level. He so wants to, to broaden to his audience.
1: Yeah, he wants to try and get
0: right, right. I'm trying to persuade Philip Carlyle to, hey, come come to my troupe, um, so we can kind of appeal to a broader audience, this higher class audience, yeah, high society.
1: Because basically. Philip Carlyle, Zach Efron, he's a he's a like a playwright in the movie, so he mm-hmm. he deals with high society people and and he's in that kind of world. So Barnum wants to. Kind of elevate the status of his his show, and well, I don't know if he's yeah, really he's trying kind to of do like, that. He just wants. Well, the whole thing that whole thing starts with because he wants his daughter to be proud of what what her family oh, does.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because she
1: gets made fun of as a ballet dancer from the other girls, and it's because she
0: started late, and her dad is like. Kind of like a, a pot he's
1: like or... a, he's kind of like a a hack, kind of mm-hmm. puts on fake. Yeah, shows they always call him like a a, a, fraud. a fraud. Yeah, yeah. So he's trying to add some credibility to his show, so that's why he goes after uh, Philip Carlyle to get him to come on. And so this song is yeah. is Barnum trying to convince Philip Carlyle to join the circus. That's the second time I've had to say that, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So this was yeah. a fun song know, though. It, it, it's a really rhythmic, uh, like driving song between the two. And there's a lot of fast dialogue and or not fast dialogue, fast singing, fast verses and everything. So it's kind of like in the vein of a lyric, like a list song, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Not exactly a tongue twister kind of thing, but um, it's a lot of a lot of <laughs> lyrics jammed in there. Yeah, but <laughs> <it>
0: most. <yeah. laughs> In a, this in a good feel way in a good way with a with with a guitar like a palm guitar and a rake um kind of, that's a it's a guitar term raking are you going to play it how does it go again what, yeah sure remind me how it um, what is the rhythm
1: You see yeah. it, like and then Hugh Jackman starts to sing.
0: That's true. That's true. This one
1: was really fun because they're doing a lot of more um, like choreographed tricks with the uh, the bar. The
0: uh, the bar, yeah. You have the glasses. Um, the, the bar are dancing on the yeah. The they're dancing, they're dancing on the bar tops. I mean, who doesn't want to dance in a bar? Yeah, like that just seems fun to me. So, They're also yeah, so the like, only two think, in the
1: bar, so I guess they could do whatever they want.
0: <laughs> and the bartender, and the bartender's there too. Yeah, it was a kind of comedic choreography.
1: Yeah, but it, yeah. this was another. But it was really
0: ingenious. Keep going. It was ingeniously it was ingeniously done because, um, like Barnum and Carlisle, they they play off of each other in the bar scene. Mm-hmm. So when I mean, one takes a sip, he sings. Sorry. Hugh Jackman sings like the first
1: verse, and the yeah, yeah, and then yeah. it switches to Zac Efron or Philip Carlyle's point of view of like, I why do I need to join the circus? I'm perfectly happy with my life. Like I yeah. have all this money, but Hugh Jackman's and I can do like, whatever I want, and I don't feel trapped. Except secretly, he does, I guess.
0: I, I suppose so, but I mean, he's kind of only doing what he's known to do. Yeah, um, so he's used to it, and it's become a pretty mundane to him kind of boring yeah so, so playing into the theme you're only bound by your imagination so you know philip carlisle there's a whole new world that
1: <laughs> that barnum's trying to get him to be a part about. of yeah trying to like yeah yeah and he's saying open his eyes a little bit and have more right. fun and be do yeah. something that's inspiring for him and kind of Something that's gonna, like,
0: the world's like your your playground.
1: Yeah, he wants him to be able to do something that's gonna, like feed his soul.
0: <laughs> feed his soul. <laughs>
1: Cause it's hungry. Here's
0: some soul crackers.
1: <laughs> some circus, some yeah. circus chips. <laughs> or peanuts! <laughs> oh, he, in the song he throws peanuts. <laughs> he throws peanuts oh, yeah, on the ground. Yeah. He takes peanuts from the bar, so he's like, uh, "You pick up."
0: Because, uh-huh. yeah, because Hugh Jackman's character, Barnum, he's known to pick up peanuts.
1: Well, that's because they serve peanuts at the circus, in case you didn't know.
0: Uh-huh. So oh. Somebody has to that's pick up why. the peanuts. Yeah, did you
1: not get that? Jeez. Go to the I circus a little bit. <laughs> Go live a little.
0: <laughs> okay, okay.
1: But the, the la- Anyway, the last time I noticed before, in the, I guess it's, is this the last verse or whatever? The one that. Um, Philip sings where he starts negotiating the price. Uh Uh-huh. He... uh, Like, Barnum makes his final pitch like saying um, you can finally live a little and and have some fun. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. And then he's like walking away and then I noticed because they both put their scarf on at the same time but Hugh Jackman is behind uh, Philip and he's walking Philip is walking away so he can't see Hugh Jackman. So when it looks like Hugh Jackman or Barnum's character is is um, kind of getting into Philip's head a little bit and convincing like the idea of joining the circus is starting to take hold because it looks like he's the one who's... Uh, kind of like puppeteering him to put his scarf on kind of thing. That's what it looked like to me a little bit.
0: Yeah, I didn't get that. Yeah, I, I know didn't, you didn't get that, that
1: but <laughs> Oh, okay. And then the the part with the score, right? I guess yeah, talk about the score a little bit.
0: Oh, yeah, For a yeah. Second. Yeah, let's do that.
1: So the part at the end of the other side, it the uh you the camera takes you looking down at the bar and then it pans up and you're already inside the circus they did it where they put the two sets together (laughs) it was kind of (laughs) cool and then so it pans up and then they finish the end of the song of them two singing um in the circus and then uh it ends with Philip where he first meets Zendaya's character Anne and (laughs) she's doing her she's doing the trapeze swing and then so she swings right in front of him while he's on the balcony. And then so the score, you hear... Which, like really super washy and echoey and uh-huh. a lot of reverb. And the rest of the sound drops out. So it's just like you're in... Uh, what's his name? Carlisle? Car- Philip Car- Car- Carlisle's Car-Lisle. head? Car-Lisle. It's yeah. like you're in his head and then... <clears throat> Yeah, so when those two meet, make eye contact and meet. That's they play, or John Debney sets up their song, "Rewrite the Stars," which comes later, and so that's the main melody,
0: yeah, or part of the melody from there, which goes like. Now play it back how they how he slows it down. To... Yeah, he goes. Yeah, and it's kind of like, it's it's like it's a not dream even it's somewhere. not
1: even in the rhythm of the mm-hmm. song at all. Yeah, it's just the those descending notes to get.
0: Yeah, which uh, are like the first melodies to of set up the rewrite song. the stars.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, that's part of that. rewrite the stars. Yeah, yeah, that's where that comes from. Hey,
0: man, job so, done. I mean
1: that that's the kind of stuff you do a lot for musicals. Uh-huh. They, take the, the, the melodies from the songs and then thread those through the, the score to set up different moments and relationships between characters and everything. So that's one of the times where they set up the the relationship that's going to unfold between Zach Geffron and Zendaya's character, yeah, characters.
0: Yeah, man. Man, John Denby did a good job we, with that. We didn't
1: really mention that about that.
0: No, but... I yeah, mean, he
1: does. I like his music a lot.
0: Yeah. He did a good job. I, I like how it's, He's really it's, nice guy it's too. superimposed over over the main uh, other side song.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, they do that a lot in the show, too, where they they like drop out the the audience applause. Yeah. And so you're only, they do that for a couple moments. Mm-hmm.
0: And so they put you in the perspective like muffled, of the same person, of the character.
1: Yeah, like you're in their head kind uh-huh. of thing. In their thoughts, yeah. Yeah, did we miss any of those moments yet? I don't think any of those else happened yet.
0: No, we already mentioned the one that happens in the greatest show—the first song. Um, yeah, yeah, how that happens to Barnum's yeah. character, and we get to see his thoughts and him thinking about his past.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. the other, the other big—that's the million dreams—is also another theme. The melody from that song they use a lot in the score, also, especially when. Like something bad happens to Barnum, and his <laughs> dreams are again crushed or stonewalled or whatever. Or somebody's yeah. Or somebody says no. Like he doesn't get a bank loan. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: He doesn't get a bank loan. Um, um, yeah.
1: You hear the. Usually it's a lot slower too.
0: And these themes, they start to they start to weave them through as the characters develop, and they become like kind of the themes for each character and each relationship that the character has. Like that million dreams song is, I guess, the theme for Charity and Barnum, their relationship.
1: Yeah, and then when the two those two characters like start to drift apart towards the end of the movie or towards the uh, before the third act, right? They they really slow. <laughs> really slow that that theme down Mm -hmm. a lot
0: Mm -hmm. yeah but it's cool because we also hear another theme um between but you like subconsciously
1: recognize those those themes after you've heard the song
0: oh yeah yeah it's right that that's like it subconsciously registers and that's what kind of starts to develop that relationship between each character and and how you perceive and how you think about them but yeah, that happens with another character between John—or sorry, not between John Demney, but between um, Barnum and Jenny Lind. Oh yeah, yeah. Like John, the first time we see Jenny Lind, um, when they set up it?
1: a little love triangle kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Like Barnum first sees her at the at the Queen's meeting, and and then John Demney, he starts to foreshadow this. Um, the song that Jenny Lind sings, Never Enough.
1: I think that's what also everything drops out there and the music just takes over when, yeah. uh, when Barnum sees her from across the room.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you hear her, the first verse of her song starts to play. I'm trying to hold my breath. Let it stay this way, can let this moment end.
0: Yeah, I that's hear a, her. That's a pretty melody. Yeah, I
1: like that one. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite songs in the show, I think.
0: Yeah, I was surprised that one, that song wasn't nominated for anything because the melody is so pretty. Um, even the lyrics are really good too.
1: Yeah, when I first heard that song in the the movie, it reminded me a lot of uh, like the Sarah Brightman kind of mix of pop opera. Oh yeah. And classic opera kind of songs, mm-hmm. like the way they wrote the melodies for that kind of fit into that genre. Yeah. Especially with
0: the. Yeah. Yeah. I think they got a really good actress to play Jenny Lind. I
1: think. Yeah. They... Oh well, then. Yeah, and then who the voice for her singing? Also, we should talk about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, guess what? Fun fact. Rebecca Ferguson. Great transition right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Rebecca Ferguson was the actress that played Jenny Lind. Uh-huh. Jenny Lind.
0: But uh, the person but that sung. Her
1: singing voice. Yeah. Go yeah, ahead, you tell it.
0: Okay, the person that sung Never Enough, they actually recorded a different voice, Lauren Allred, who's, um, the th- she was on the third season of The Voice, and, um... Adam Levine's team. Adam Levine, yeah. <laughs> and she lost. I know, so sad, because she made She's it... She to- was in the
1: top 20, though.
0: Yeah. She made it so Yeah, close. she made it to the top 20. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so Lauren Allred is the singing voice for Jenny Lynn's character.
0: Mm-hmm. And then and they,
1: Rebecca Ferguson is the actress who plays her on screen,
0: yeah I didn't really I couldn't tell I at didn't all.
1: notice that at all
0: i that yeah. was something that I found out while researching and I was totally surprised Because um, the way that they have yeah. the way that they have Rebecca Ferguson lip syncing to the lyrics
1: well when they recorded the scene though she actually was singing, and that scene was one of the they said that was the biggest crowd scene and had the most extras extras. Mm-hmm. So it was at, they filmed it at a theater in, in Brooklyn. I think it was Brooklyn. I'm pretty sure. And then, so all the seats were actually filled and everything. And so she, she had to sing on stage and she actually sang.
0: Oh, yeah, that's cool.
1: So she, she said she was really nervous about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, so they did a whole bunch of takes of those and then, uh, uh-huh. And then in the different the different reprise scenes and everything. So she was I read that she was singing when they filmed those and then Lauren Alred just does the the actual voice recording for the, the movie. That must have been
0: challenging because that means that Lauren Allred was trying to follow Rebecca Ferguson's lips and what they were doing instead of you know, vice versa. A lip sync some the person who's lip syncing will try to follow the track instead.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure how they did it. If I'm pretty sure Rebecca Ferguson, while they were recording the scene or filming the scene, I think they still had uh Lauren Alred's track playing. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, okay. Probably. That's the only that's the only way you could do it.
0: Yeah, that would make sense then.
1: Yeah. So I'm sure they had the track playing through the house still and then she was just singing. She along, was actually but... singing.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cool. I like that.
1: But they fooled us to convince me. <laughs>
0: yeah, they really did. But
1: <laughs> I didn't notice.
0: <laughs> Must have been all those. She crazy sounds things.
1: really good too. Lauren Allred. She has a really pretty voice.
0: I loved that song. I thought it was so beautiful.
1: Maybe. Yeah, she kind of she had enough of a like classical sounding voice. Uh-huh. But also with the like some of the pop stylings of how she sang
0: yeah yeah every time i listen to that song it makes me want to cry
1: but that yeah that song kind of that song kind of played into the the theme of hugh jackman like tr- inspiring or not hugh jackman but barnum, barnum inspiring people also because he was he convinced her to that he could make or that she could be a bigger star and in new york oh, rather yeah. than just in europe so he kind of played into her her I guess she had a passion for wanting fame, or Mm -hmm. she wanted to be, she wanted the world pretty much, because we find out later that she had a, like, a hard childhood, and.
0: Yeah. Well, um, let me, let me pull up the lyrics for that, because. There was, there was something. One of the lines is,
1: like, take my hand, would you share this with me?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. So she's kind of singing to Barnum. Would you share this with me. Oh, oh, here's a line. Yeah. Towers of gold are still too little. These hands could hold the world, but it'll never be enough. Never be. Yeah. Enough. yeah. I I like those lines. Those two the, so, Yeah, she apparent. kind
1: of they kind of explain that later in the scene. Mm-hmm. She was born out of wedlock and then Right, so which her, but it was shameful. She's even though she's yeah. been successful, that's like something she says that no ovation can fill so that whole thing about like towers of gold they're still too little right yeah mm-hmm. but anyway the one songwriting thing i had a weird i don't know is that weird to rhyme uh what is it towers of gold they're still too little
0: these hands could hold but uh, the world but it'll uh um, yeah, not that really weird
1: to rhyme it'll with little
0: it works it works because that's that's like a slant rhyme slant rhyme it's a
1: super slant rhyme that's really yeah. a stretch but
0: <clears throat> but your lips are kind of making the same the same movement little it'll your tongue is almost doing the same thing so that's what makes it a slant rhyme
1: yeah but the other thing is you're ending you're kind of hanging on it'll in the phrase it's a little weird to hold that but
0: yeah I think I it, guess it, it's it works tr- it's tricky overall, to sing yeah. because Uh, The singers they're trained not to hold consonants. You want to you want to get past the consonant as soon as possible and get go straight to the vowel. Um, I don't know. I think she she does it she does it in a good way. Most pop singers. She sounds like a pop singer when she goes to yeah. I would say that's one of the more
1: leaning on the pop more pop side of the
0: yeah. Instead of more of a traditional theater song.
1: But the rest of the lyrics Mm -hmm. the rest of the lyrics. They like explain her situation, which is more along the lines of the musical theater kind of style of writing, or what a musical theater song has to do.
0: And a little bit, a little bit um, dark—not dark, but um, detailed.
1: Yeah, it's telling her backstory. Yeah, this song is pretty much telling her backstory Mm -hmm. without you knowing it yet, and then she fills you in later in the scene after.
0: Yeah which is good i like I, th-
1: that. I thought they did that i like how they did that it felt really natural how you find out her backstory and it didn't feel too rushed either
0: no i think the whole i think the whole movie their timing was really good their timing on everything yeah the, the pace the pacing of the movie was nice
1: yeah even though when you look at the overall runtime it's i forget what it was exactly but it was like an hour and 45 minutes it was under two hours okay. which for today is a pretty short yeah short movie but it does not feel like they rushed anything at all and the pacing is really nice and you never notice that it's it's that short or anything and it felt really natural the way they explained everything
0: yeah i mean you want to talk about this is this is me now Uh, they kind of call this an 11 o'clock number which is like a song that's midway through the movie or the or the um
1: towards the end yeah yeah
0: and uh, it kind of—it's re- supposed to re-energize the audience and be strong, um, and kind of, kind of reinvigorate everybody and get back into it. And this song delivers. This song really delivers. It's sung by Kayla Settle, her character, the bearded mm-hmm. lady, and the whole cast of the circus group. Um, and it went, and it kind of happens in a moment when they start to question Barnum's motives
1: yeah they feel betrayed by Barnum, yeah because mm-hmm. he kind of kicks them out of the party, the Jenny Lynn party
0: right right yeah so and, you you start to see this this yeah. kind of deviation between Barnum and and the whole and the rest of the cast of circus group they start to go separate ways yeah he
1: starts he starts to kind of abandon his circus family and then he kind of gets too caught up in the 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 higher society. Yeah, with um, all the,
0: the bright lights.
1: Proud mm-hmm. of that he draws with the Jenny Lynn concerts and everything. Yeah.
0: I thought these lyrics were pretty good too.
1: This was one of the songs that they, one of the first songs that they had to use to pitch to Fox to, oh yeah. During the green light meeting before they got the movie Greenlit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, they sang this in like a rehearsal meeting kind of thing.
0: Yeah. This one kind of plays into the theme too the um where the world is your is your is your playground so you, it is what you make of it
1: this is this song kind of gets the the circus family to kind of bond together with themselves right and and uh kind of take take charge a little bit instead yeah, but- of relying on barnum to to feel like they belong to something Mm-hmm. They kind of lean on each other in this song.
0: Oh, yeah. Mark sent me, he, you sent me a um, an Instagram video of the conductor
1: oh, recording yeah. this. Pasic yeah. and Paul posted like a little Instagram video with the conductor. And then they had like four or five snare drummers recording in the booth. Yeah. And so they're, yeah, they were recording <laughs> the song. And
0: mm-hmm. We'll put that in the show if notes. If we can, we'll
1: try to, yeah, we'll try to put a link to that. Yeah oh maybe we'll even put a link to the uh the they have the the meeting or Kayla settle singing this song in the green light meeting so we'll try to find a link to that and put that in the notes also right she was she did a show here she did uh la jolla playhouse yeah before uh what's it called hand on a hard body about oh yeah the competition where you try to keep your hand on the truck or something and whoever is the last person to to keep their hand on the truck wins the truck right uh-huh it so was, they did it was, they like, did a that it was like a comedy it was like a comedy show yeah i didn't see it but she was in that
0: yeah i remember our mom talking about it she was like hey guys do you want to go see hand on the hard body and we were kind of like ah, no it doesn't sound that good
1: <laughs> i don't think i was here
0: okay maybe yeah. i was like yeah but now i wish i saw it i regret it
1: yeah i know <laughs> yeah, we need to see more shows.
0: Yeah, we do. So we can talk about them on the podcast. Talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway, yeah we're moving on. We're going to go to the Rewrite the Stars, which is sung by Philip yeah. Carlisle and Anne, uh, uh-huh. also known as Zach Efron and Zendaya. Yeah. 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 Basic and Paul, they said that they had a really hard time transitioning from the scene into this song. Um, and that's always a challenge for movie movie musicals because you're following right there with the characters. So if a character just all of a sudden decides to break out in this song, it's a little jarring. And so they try to they try to ease you into that. And Pasek and Paul they couldn't find the right way to do it. Um, so what was it that Zendaya said?
1: Um, she was all like, she's like, why don't you just have Zach start singing? Like, why do you need music?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> and then. And, and then Paul. them being like musicians and everything. Well, like you need music. It's a musical.
0: Yeah, we're the composers. <laughs> yeah. We'll make the decisions. <laughs> and so, but they decided <laughs> to try it. They tr- they tried it out. So they and, tried it, yeah. And they're like, oh, and they're okay. like, all right, that's it.
1: Great, keep it. That's so that's the way it is in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zac Efron just starts singing.
0: Yeah, which is cool because then yeah. he starts singing acapella to start it off, and Zendaya ends it by singing acapella. Yeah. Sorry, Anne's character, Philip and Anne. Yeah.
1: So this was kind of like the I want song between Philip and Anne.
0: Yeah, wait, what's an I want song though, Mark?
1: Where um uh, like the character Oh, it's pretty literal for this one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Philip wants to be with Anne. <laughs> and Anne doesn't think they can be together because of the time that they live in and everything Yeah, and that they'd be judged and mm-hmm. they wouldn't be able to live freely. And yeah.
0: It, so it's like an, I want song and it, it develops tells, their characters. Yeah. It, Sorry. What does it tell? Yeah, it
1: tells what the, it tells like what the character wants to get out, yeah. out of life or what the character's looking for or seeking or, kind of what they're like what's an example in a
0: um
1: mm, part of oh, your world like in hercules oh, okay oh yeah there you go part of your world hercules go the distance is uh-huh. the i want song yeah out there in hunchback and notre dame is the i want song oh, except those song. usually happen they usually happen early in the <clears throat> earlier in the show but because we didn't meet philip until later it, you kind of
0: Right. They had to put it a little bit... it kind of pushes further. it
1: back a little bit, but, but we it's a, still I think I think I would still consider it the I want song for those two characters.
0: Yeah. For those two characters then Barnum and Charity, they have their own I want song with a million dreams.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, those are the main the main characters Barnum and Charity, they have their I want song in the very beginning. Yeah, and that happens soon. Yeah, a million dreams.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's more of that's even that one's still more of Barnum's I want song because that's his dream, and even in in charity's verse in charity's verse in that song, she sings uh however big, however small, let me be part of it all, so it's oh, yeah. her wanting to be part of Barnum's dream and share like a life with him and everything, so it's
0: okay
1: it starts off as Barnum's "I want song, and mm-hmm. then kind of mixes into both of them,
0: yeah. Yeah, and then rewrite the oh, stars. the rewrite,
1: rewrite the stars. That that one was a really cool scene, it like was. the choreography and the visuals of it. That if you was, haven't seen it, the cameras.
0: You gotta see yeah, the movie for just for scene. this, just for this scene.
1: Because <laughs> she, because she's the she's the trapeze artist, so right. they use that to do a lot of really cool stunts and everything during the song. So while they're singing, they're both like flying around on on ropes and uh, the trapeze hoop. And everything, and yeah, there's flying this, around, and
0: there's a part in the song where where she's on the rope and she's swinging around in the circular circular ring, and um Philip Carlisle, he he <laughs> climbs the banister and to get to her level, and then he jumps on onto the oh, rope, yeah. and I was like, whoa, that's so cool, and grabs on. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was yeah. really
1: cool, and then they have the camera like following following all their stunts and everything.
0: Yeah. Imagine trying to do this. So that was theater. something.
1: Yeah, that was something that they really that it being a movie really benefited from.
0: Right. Yeah, it would be so team. hard to do that on on a musical theater stage. Cuz the
1: audience gets to be like right there swinging around with these with these two characters and Yeah. It makes for a really uh um like intimate but spectacle kind of moment between the two of them. Mhm yeah and he catches up to her to try and convince her that this is possible, and yeah, this is what I want. We should be together, uh-huh. and yeah,
0: yep, they're only limited by their imagination. That's kind of how they break the mold, and they kind of start trying to live by their imagination
1: except at the end, she rejects him and: I know leaves rejection (laughs) and he's just standing there in the middle of the ring holding on to like a rope
0: Uh (laughs) poor guy been there
1: and then he still has to run the circus after that i know (laughs) because barnum abandoned (laughs) them what's he gonna do
0: that's why you don't date people from from your work (laughs) hmm Okay, um, we, got,
1: we gotta we gotta get going. This yeah, sorry, is, this is dragging on a next little bit. Next one,
0: now. next one is tightrope, uh, which is sung by Charity, Michelle Williams. Michelle
1: Williams, mm-hmm. her character. Yeah, yeah. This so, one, this one yeah. kind of
0: stands out because it has a lot of um, it's, it's it's processed a lot, like a like a pop song. So there's a lot it's of delay. heavily produced. Heavily. <laughs> yeah, Mark pointed out the. The delay on the first percussion. time in the
1: theater when we were listening. Yeah. I was like, Oh, there goes the snare drum from yeah. overhead. Cause the snare drum like echoes.
0: Uh-huh. So he like, he points in the middle of the, of the, of the air and follows the, the snare drum across the room. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was like, isn't that a little weird, but
0: yeah, I thought it was weird, but it's it second. The second time I saw the movie, I was like, okay, this is, this is cool.
1: Yeah. You get used to all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, part of the style, the Barnum style.
0: Yeah, and then we have the Never Enough reprise, followed by the giant mm-hmm. final closing song.
1: Yeah, the the From last cast now. number. Oh, not the last cast number, but the, yeah.
0: Yeah, this is where... So this
1: is when Hugh Jackman pretty much loses everything. Their circus is burned down. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got no money to rebuild. Jenny Lynn quit her show. He's yeah, stopped it stopped the stopped the uh tour she canceled it.
0: Yeah, so his, that that made it... he lost all his funds from there cuz he didn't get paid for. Oh, and that he lost because, his house too. Yeah. Oh, that's true.
1: And his yeah. wife moved back home and took his kids. <laughs> so he's nothing. So he's stuck in a bar drinking.
0: Yeah. Another bar song. And then he starts singing this song. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, this was another so his um,
1: Yeah, his circus his circus cast comes in and kinda
0: They kinda cheer him up a little pep
1: talk. Yeah. Yeah. Or they try to give him a pep talk.
0: Yeah. And and then then he
1: starts singing the first verse. And I'm pretty sure the first verse I'm pretty sure the first verse, um Hugh Jackman is singing it live. It doesn't sound like that part was recorded in a studio before.
0: Mm-hmm. and Which then it's really
1: nice because it was a it made it like a more intimate kind of moment and it, he could be more expressive with it in the moment and not have to follow along to what he did in a studio right. like weeks before <laughs>
0: yeah and he jackman he's the so guy that, that was he's nice i'm glad that.
1: they yeah i'm glad they did that for the moment that they could mm-hmm. and then i
0: think they, and transition. then when the
1: song picks up yeah it transitions into the uh the recorded version, yeah. And when he, he starts, starts singing,
0: "I drank champagne with kings and queens, the politicians praised my name." That's when they start. Yeah, to re- uh-huh. They go into the produced version of the song.
1: Yeah, and then the more of the cast members start to join in yeah. and start dancing and stomping their feet. I
0: mm-hmm. mean, this yeah, this song makes me want to dance. <laughs> they have some really yeah. cool choreography during this song. And then I like the way that they ended this song with the three-part harmony. Um, I think it's got
1: yeah uh uh-huh and then a couple other of the circus oddities they're singing it like a like a church hymn uh-huh sort of instrumentation style and that was really pretty yeah the chords went uh something like this i think This too, with Hugh Jackman singing the verse on top of this, on top of these like church chords.
0: Yeah, it was nice.
1: What's what's happening during that scene?
0: N- during that scene, oh, I oh. think Hugh Jackman makes it back to his no, his, but before his, that, um, his father in law's plays,
1: yeah, before that though, when they start singing that right off the when they start going into the hymn, hymn verse or whatever, the ending uh-huh. hymn. First, the you see Zendaya uh, at the hospital with uh, Zac Efron and he starts to wake up oh yeah yeah <clears throat> so that's when mm-hmm. they use that and then yeah and then you see Barnum at the beach with his wife
0: Charity yeah. yeah and then they make up and then oh and then what it ends with it actually ends with the greatest show again right yeah because yeah after that after that Barnum they show him back in the circus and he's doing they kind of they kind of pick up where they left off from the beginning and Barnum's Barnum singing the greatest show and then he hands it off he hands what uh, he hands his hat right off to oh. um, to Zach Efron's character Philip Carlisle and then we actually get to hear that in the track in the first the first track in the soundtrack is the greatest show yeah so we get to hear Midway through, Zac Efron starting to sing.
1: Yeah, so they put both the opening scene and the ending scene; those two, those two musical moments, they put those together in one track on the soundtrack.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was an interesting choice. I would have liked to hear, you know, just that version. Maybe just add another track on the end, but.
1: Yeah. And then. The very last like bit of music you hear is, uh, what's it called? The uh, where Barnum leaves and goes to the ballet to watch his daughter, his two daughters perform, and so oh, the verse, right, right? What was that? The verse of it's everything you ever want, like it's everything you wanna know. <laughs> that little that little verse <laughs> part is playing in. In a like ballet sort of classical piano form to fit the right. the ballet as scene. his daughters on the yeah. stage, uh-huh. and then he sings uh-huh. the last the last little bit. It's everything
0: you want and more.
1: Yeah, and then that right. was pretty much the end.
0: Yeah, that was it. So if you haven't seen it, we really encourage you guys to go it check it out. It was so good. Um, yeah,
1: it's like yeah. a feel good you know, kind of I musical.
0: It is. I think you just got to go in prepared to suspend your disbelief and just go in thinking, you know, this is not going to be your normal movie that you go watch. It's going to expect it to be a musical. Choreography
1: was really awesome. That stood out. The there's some really good songs. The melodies, especially, are very catchy. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the visuals are really, really um, stunning, spectacular. Activating. Yeah.
0: You would expect Barnum to make this movie of himself.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: From the words of Michael Gracie. Yeah, I I like this movie because I thought it was pretty inspiring um, you know, us as artists, Mark and I,
1: especially as um, yeah. Kind
0: of Yeah, kind of we we since we do our own independent thing um with our film scoring studio, this podcast and everything else that we've done in the past. And the musical
1: theater writing uh, especially is something that we Right. Yeah. We're trying to do and it's it's, um,
0: and it just reinforces that idea, you know, you gotta, you're only limited by your imagination. So, why not? So, you guys can check us out at akiyamamusic.com. We host uh, this podcast there and also a blog, and you can take a listen to some of our samples for film scores. Um, we'd love to hear what you guys thought of this podcast. So, you know, feel free to contact us on our website or write a review on iTunes or, it. or reach out to us. Or rate it. Yeah. All that stuff helps. You can also reach out to us on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, we have all our information on our website. If you just go to AkiyamaMusic.com. Yeah, go check it out. But thank you guys so much for listening.
1: Yeah, this was a fun episode. I was really excited to do this one. Because we get a chance to talk yeah, about the songwriting and and scores. And movie musicals don't, don't really come out too often. So I was very excited to talk about yep. this one.
0: But our next episode is going to be coming out in two weeks. Um, we're trying to keep on a schedule of every other week. Yeah. So keep an eye out for the next episode.
1: Yeah. Great. Thanks for listening.
0: All right. All right. Thank you guys. Yep. Bye Landon. All right, Mark. I'll talk to you yeah, later. See ya. Bye.